Welcome to Let's Talk Land, a weekly land education talk show devoted to learning about land and farms, buying and selling, and ownership, especially for real estate agents and realtors. Learn from the expert, guys. This is free land education. Hi, my name's Lou Jewell. I'm an accredited land consultant, broker owner of Land Pro Real Estate, along with my co-host this morning, Teresa Martin. Good morning, Teresa. Good morning, Lou. How are you today? I'm great. I hope you are. Bright eye and chirpy? Yes. yes. Mo- mostly chirpy. Yeah, mostly chirpy. <laughs> okay. Our new office is at 207 East Main Street in downtown Pilot Mountain, North Carolina. We serve all your real estate needs in western Piedmont, North Carolina, and southern Virginia. Just give us a shout. We'll help you out. All of our shows are dedicated to the Realtors Land Institute staff and to our members. And our national website's www.rliland.com. Now listen to me. If you're planning to buy or sell land, please go to this site anywhere in the United States and find a member of our organization. We are the land folks in the real estate industry. There's 1.5 million agents out there, but they don't have land education. But the 1,800 of us do, and about 600 of us are accredited land consultants. So find one of us in your area, and you'll either make more or or save more. Hey, we'd like to thank our sponsor, LandHub.com. Buying or selling, LandHub is the place to be. Teresa, our guest this morning is Colin O'Berry. Good morning, Colin. How are you, Lou? How are you, Teresa? Good. Where are you calling from? I know you're not in Nashville. Uh, well, I live in Nashville, North Carolina. I'm in Missoula, Montana this week visiting Ma- some uh, family. Missoula. What's famous about Missoula? Missoula. I don't know. That sounds like a famous place. Did somebody die there? <laughs> I'm sure somebody did. <laughs> it's a beautiful town in western Montana. It's where the University of Montana is as well. Ah, so that's okay. what it is. It's a good point to it. There you go. Well, you Sounding good, and the air's nice and crisp and fresh up there. What's the elevation? Missoula is somewhere around, I want to say, in the 3,000 range. So you feel uh, right at home. Nearby, and those go to about ten or 11,000 feet. Yeah, but you feel right at home there. It's about what Asheville's around that, right? Uh, Asheville around the French Broad is just under 2,200 feet. All right. Well, you're the managing broker of Altamont Property. What a great name. How did you come up with the name Altamont? Well, when Thomas Wolfe was writing about Asheville uh, and where it looks was. and looks for the angel, uh, Altamont was the yep. pseudonym used now for Asheville. It's, a, it's another way of saying Asheville Property Group, and it wasn't in use for trademarks, so we, we jumped all over it in 2015. Bingo. Yep. Now it, I've been in his home. It's right next to the hotel I used to stay in, downtown Asheville. Didn't that thing catch fire at one time? They rest- we had to restore it. Um, not sure about the Thomas Wolfe house. That might be original. They had a um, house that uh, housed uh, Zelda Fitzgerald, and, and that burned down, and they might have restored it. Oh, uh, but okay. I'm not too sure about the Wolfe house. Gotcha. All right. So I'm going to talk a little bit about your website. And if you're not driving, folks, uh, go to um, uh, Altamont, A-L-T-A-M-O-N-T, propertygroup.com, altamontproperty.com. You can follow us along. Because uh, Colin has a lot of interesting stuff that he's doing up there, and we're going to talk about that. So I'm just going to paraphrase a couple of things off your website, if I may, just to get us going here. Uh, recommended by your clients, his credentials 
data-driven approach, market knowledge, work ethic, and positive attitude. Colin is a valuable asset for sale or purchase of real estate in western North Carolina. Colin's also a diverse range of real estate expertise as he's eager to share with his clients, including single-family residences, mountain land tracks, and acreage condominiums and townhouses, multifamily investment properties, downtown buildings, and commercial properties. In other words, they're a full-service agency. He also has expended in a variety of development projects ranging from private homes to estates, multifamily, urban infill, and large-scale land projects. In fact, your partner's on quite a few uh, different projects, and so I think you branched out west a little bit too, we'll talk about. Prior to finding Altmont Property Group, Colin worked with a broker in Asheville, a consistent top producer team in the Asheville market. Previously, Colin worked with as a project manager for trail design specialists, where he was responsible for the design and construction of a wide variety of land and recreational development projects through the Pisgah National Forest in southeastern USA. Colin received a Bachelor of Landscape Architect degree from the University of Georgia, and he's also registered LEED app. Uh, that's your green designation, uh, holding specialty in green building design and construction. And he's a member of the Urban Land Institute and a member of our wonderful Realtors Land Institute, where I met him during the week of uh, June 10th for 10 days. We did uh, our fast track, six of our 10 classes. And for uh, folks from around, we had, what, 52, Colin? I think it was, right? Around that? Yeah, we had a had a room full, <laughs> and I was honored to teach the uh, Land 101 class, which is a required course. And uh, But anyway, so uh, um, you lived in downtown Nashville with your uh, beautiful wife, Jenny, and your daughter, Ruby, and your dog, Max Patch. Shadow wants to meet Max Patch, by the way. Indeed, and i got to update that on my website. We now have a dog named Curly Maple. Max Patch is uh, you know, crossed over the Rainbow Bridge, but uh, oh. Curly Maple. Oh, poor Max Patch. Shout out. Yeah, I need to clean that up. You want to be current, right? <laughs> <laughs> your interests, obviously, your family and God, outdoor recreation, mountain biking, trail running, snow skiing, land and conservation, architectural and design and green building, sustainable golf, hospitality, and music, right? Absolutely. So, what do you want to tell us about your backyard? What gets you up in the morning? We love Asheville. So I moved to Asheville in 2011. Uh, I was working for, as you mentioned, trail design specialists, and we were designing and building mountain biking trails uh, throughout the southeast. And there was a contract in Pisgah National Forest, so I could either uh, commute and, and be on site five days a week from Athens, Georgia, where I was living, at the time, or uh, we could move to Asheville. So my wife and I decided to uh, go ahead and, and make the move, and uh, we haven't looked back. We love it and uh, very passionate about the community and uh, very excited to you know put down roots and, uh, and see what we can do to make it better. You've got several projects we want to talk about during the show, but um, you know one of the things that I saw that you have, a, I don't know if it's a designation or uh, something with the Appalachian Trail, uh, you want to talk about that a little bit? Because that's a main feature, kind of going through the Asheville area, that along with the Blue Ridge Parkway <laughs> and the national parks and the rivers. And I mean, it's just, uh, it's, a, it's a wonderful outdoor wonderland place, isn't it? It is. Uh, in western North Carolina, if you drive uh, hour of Asheville, really in any direction, it's, uh, you know, lots of public lands and just 
miles and miles of trails and rivers and, uh, you know, any outdoor activity uh, that you would uh, want to do. So we're really, really passionate about the outdoors and, uh, and outdoor recreation as well, which we'll cover in, in a few of the projects we focus yeah, on. Yeah, please. But with Fletch and Trail, that was 2008, right after I graduated uh, from the University of Georgia, good dog, uh, did a through-hike, southbound through-hike of the Appalachian Trail. It took about four and a half months from start to finish, and, uh, man, was it a fantastic experience. And uh, it's great to, you know, through the thunderstorms and the, the sunny days yeah. and the ups and the downs, uh, you know, just see a lot of different environments, different states, and, and it's such an awesome community. Uh, people look after each other. People are really supportive of each other. And, uh, it's, uh, yeah, the, the community, I think, is one of the better parts of the entire experience. So uh, it's great to uh, give back when we can and uh, certainly love spending as much time as I can on the white blazes of the Appalachian Trail. So where are you, or where are you seeing people? They're coming in from all over the, all over the country, right? in the last couple of years especially. Yeah, or the world as well. We've met uh, well, that's true. of uh, um, German, um, you know, throughout Europe, uh, definitely Spanish and, and English when we were on the uh, trail. Um, the Appalachian Trail, if, if you compare it to the road system, it's more like an interstate highway. So lots of people, you know, going up and down, and you have your, your long-range uh, traffic and then lots of uh, day use and uh, section hikers that might be out there for a few days. So, uh, really um, busy trail in terms of foot traffic, depending on where you are, of course. Uh, but that's what what makes it great. There's such a diverse uh, range of people out there, either through hiking or section hiking. And a lot of the locals look after the folks coming through and, and uh, show them a good experience with trail magic at road crossings and things like that. So, um, yeah, it's an awesome community. Can't say enough about it and definitely recommend people uh, spend as much time as they can out there. How did that originate? The Appalachian Trail? Right. Um, in the 20s, uh, there was a gentleman, I believe Myron Avery, who had envisioned a uh, trail from, you know, running, spanning the entire Appalachian. And over time, it got pieced together. And I'm huh. uh, not sure when the, the first through hike was, uh, but uh, it, somebody uh, completed it and it kind of took hold. It took a little while to get steamrolling, but then in the 70s and 80s, uh, became more. Um, mainstream i guess it was still underground but more people knew about it and uh, nowadays obviously with the rise of social media and uh, just the spread of information it is a very busy trail uh, but it's a national um, national scenic trail and, and just sees a lot of uh, diversity in the folks that are out there enjoying it as well so has a long history to it and, uh, and a long history or excuse me a long future to come hopefully yeah and that's part of your marketing too uh, i'm sure uh, in terms of uh, enticing people to look at the actual market area and the resources and what's available. How's the inventory out there? Is it like everywhere else? <laughs> Slim uh, to none? Uh, so we were low going into COVID. Right. And it's just like most lifestyle destinations across the country. Asheville is, is very diverse in the type of real estate interest that we see. Uh, obviously, um, people who live and work in the city, primary owner occupants, we have a lot of elements of a resort market and how that would function as well. Second homes and Airbnbs and uh, mountain getaways, uh, a lot of commercial interest as well. Asheville's on the I-26 corridor in between Johnson City and uh, Greenville Spartanburg and then Columbia, um, Charleston or other uh, cities on that uh, you know thread of the interstate. So a lot of development coming through, a lot of interest in Western North Carolina and a really diverse uh, range of market activity, which has contributed to an inventory shortage. So if you look across the board, all price ranges were, you know, two months or less of inventory in Buncombe County, uh, which, of course, we need around six for a residential housing standpoint to, to be a balanced market. 
markets and um, that's mostly residential focused. Land focused, uh, we saw a ton of interest in uh, mountain land, uh, especially during COVID and, and afterward as well. So a lot of larger acreage tracts that historically would take, you know, 180, 360 days on market. Uh, in some cases, we're getting, you know, bidding wars. Um, in some cases, I don't see offers for land, which we had never really seen before. Uh, so it's really um, dependent on the person who's looking and the type of real estate that they want. That we're generally low inventory across the board. Have you seen a lot of cash deals? as opposed to finance? Yes, um, definitely an increase in them. Um, of course, if an investor is buying it, uh, they prefer financing just to, you know, structure, sure. uh, especially cash flow out. But uh, yes, there's an influx in, in cash deals, especially with people relocating to the area. I really noticed that, uh, especially Florida. It's one of our big feeder markets, and it draws a lot of people um, with reciprocity from the coast. We get on there to visit. They come up to the mountains. Lots of direct flights coming into the Asheville Airport from multiple cities in Florida. Um, and uh, when people were selling, I personally noticed a um, yeah larger number of cash deals, uh, you know, specifically from from those types of feeder markets. One thing that I uh, well, I'm going to hold off on that because it's it's a whole discussion. Um, Teresa, you got a question? No, I was just sitting here thinking about that night I was watching that show about Mer- American Forestry. Isn't that where it originated? Mm-hmm. Built was in yeah in Asheville. I remember Correct. that. I was sitting here thinking Cradle about that. Forestry, and that's on Highway 276, just up the road from one of our projects, Pilot Cove. But that's in uh, Fisk National Forest, and they've got uh, um, ex- exhibits and uh, you know historical markers and, and things like that. And that's uh, right off the Mountain to Sea Trail and in the Blue Ridge Parkway. It's, it's beautiful up there at higher elevation. Yeah, that was a Vanderbilt project, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I saw it on PBS one night. Yeah. It was interesting. That's where the School of Forestry began. Right. I mean, internationally, not just locally. And uh, so, and then, uh, yeah. of course, he funded and got it started, but he used to own most of most of the county at one time, didn't he? Indeed. So from the Biltmore Estate, if you look at a map to the southwest of Asheville, it's Pisgah National Forest. And essentially, if you connect the Biltmore Estate to Brevard, there's a big swath of green on the map. And uh, after he passed, it was sold from his descendants to the federal government, um, I believe, to alleviate the uh, tax burden. Sure. Uh, but it, uh, you know, got preserved as Pisgah National Forest, and they still have a lot of his uh, uh, structures, or the remnants of them up there. Like the Buck Springs Lodge, he used to have a tra- uh, trail, the Shut-In Trail, that would take you from the estate up to the top of Mount Pisgah, where his hunting lodge was. And, right. And there's a great Okay, our guest today is Colin Berry. This is Let's Talk Land. We'd like to thank our sponsor, LandHub.com. View thousands of properties for sale at LandHub.com. So, Colin, we've heard a lot about you. Now let's hear about your company and how it's structured and what makes it unique and different and great. Awesome. So I own and operate the Altamont Property Group. We're uh, first and foremost associated with Keller Williams Realty. So I got my license in uh, 2012 when I was uh, working that mountain bike uh, trail construction job, and I was on site for you know five six days at a time. And, and in the time I was home, I got my real estate license, and it turned out to be a great decision. But I affiliated with Keller Williams in 2013 and worked on a team, uh, Jeff Stewart's broker, Asheville. Uh, Jeff Stewart's our team leader and a great mentor and great friend of ours. Uh, so if you're looking to affiliate in the Asheville area, definitely uh, look us up at the uh, downtown Keller Williams office. But I uh, worked with him until 2015 and then uh, started the Altamont Property Group from there. Uh, so it was just me. And then uh, 
uh, Ruby came along, my daughter, in uh, 2016. My wife and I, you know, welcomed a bundle of joy. Uh, we brought on our first uh, buyer's agent and administrative um, professional as well, and it's grown organically uh, from there. So now we're a team of 12. There's seven agents, and we have five back-end support staff. Uh, so the agents, uh, we are structured as we have a residential team, uh, which is five of us. And then um, I've got one of my partners, Billy May, who is one of the top uh, land brokers in Western North Carolina, has been for about uh, 15 or 20 years working uh, very large deals, large acreage, uh, summer camps, things like that. So we partnered up in uh, 2020 and uh, brought on another gentleman, Brian Kiefer, as well. So we have a traditional residential business where uh, we you know, help uh, folks buy and sell residential houses, and that's more scalable in the transaction. But my passion is land. And so uh, everybody on the team, but especially myself, uh, Billy May and, and Brian Kiefer and uh, Reese Morgani, uh, another colleague, we do a lot of uh, acreage brokerage and uh, have uh, fallen into that and found really good success with it as well. Uh, so in Western North Carolina, we have a lot of different uh, types of land, uh, not as, um, I guess, consistent as you see with uh, ranch land in Texas or, or things like that. So topography is, is the key. Uh, it's really steep, really mountainous. Uh, you know, the forest can, can vary differently if, if you've got a pine stand versus a you know, 90-year-old hardwood stand on, on a track. Access can, can be a huge uh, uh, benefit or, or detriment to a property. Uh, presence of water, um, Internet availability is, is a huge thing we see people uh, looking for, especially uh, now with COVID. So there's a wide diversity in the uh, land that, that can be offered. Uh, but a lot of times we're falling into more high-end residential properties, um, mountain getaways, a lot of conservation land as well, and uh, development at the same time, working with transitional land to uh, you know, bring land to its highest and best use. And not only that, the most appropriate use for the um, setting and the utilities that it has uh, surrounding neighbors and, and things like that. So we're, uh, like I mentioned, in residential, we're very fortunate, uh, and I believe working one of the best real estate markets in the country where there's a, a large amount of diversity in the type of market interest and the type of deals that we're uh, brokering. And that keeps things fresh. It keeps things exciting for us. Teresa? So I'm, I'm looking here at some notes that, that Lou has, and it's, it talks about the Appalachian Mountain properties. So is that right in the heart of Asheville? Is that where that's at? Uh, Asheville is in the general Appalachian Mountain chain, which runs from Alabama well into uh, Canada through Maine. Uh, a lot of different environments through there. But Asheville is in the French Broad uh, River Valley in a sub-segment, I guess you call the Blue Ridge Mountains. And so, yes, if you work your way you know, toward the west, it tends to get more uh, mountainous and uh, toward the uh, Great Smoky Mountains National Park, toward Waynesville, a lot more uh, elevation, topography, um, changes that you're dealing with. But if you work your way toward the south, toward Hendersonville, it tends to get a little flatter. Uh, that's in the heart of Apple country and uh, still in the mountains, but uh, more more workable topography. Uh, so, yes, we're right in the heart of the Appalachian Mountains in uh, western North Carolina. Is that what you mean by the personality of land in your notes? Um, one thing I look for when I am selling or helping buyers uh, on a piece of land is um, – each land really does have its own type of personality to it. Uh, and it, on a residential house, it's more um, a 
homogenous, I suppose, in terms of what people are looking for. But with land, it's more matchmaking. You just have to find the right set and setting for somebody. It has to be the right location and uh, the right uh, development costs to fit their budget. It just has to feel right. Um, you know, a lot of aspects that are consistent with residential, but it's really different. So uh, if you come on a piece of land for a seller and it's just it has a special setting, you know, old hardwood forest, um, protected watershed, essentially all the all the springs originate on the land that flow out. There's some features that you look for that, that make different properties special. And that's what I mean by personality. Each one's completely different and unique. And, and we're looking to, uh, yeah, find the high points for our sellers or, or find the best deals for those types of, uh, of attributes for our buyers. Yeah, I was showing a property just this week to a couple, and I took them over to Hanging Rock Park, which is a very mountainous area for us. And every property he walked out on, he was like, I feel like I'm just going to roll down the mountain. I said, well, I don't think that mountain property is for you because he just wasn't. It just didn't fit him everywhere we went. He was just, he just looked uncomfortable. I said, I think we need to go back down the mountain and find something a little more flat for you. Of course. And there's, people say they want views, but there's different grades of views in mm -hmm. our area in western North Carolina. So if you're in the valley, you're looking up at the, uh, at the surrounding mountains, you know, that can be considered a view, and uh, that's where you're going to find pasture land and more land more suitable for um, agricultural use, for cattle. Um, it, it's just a, a wider range of folks can use it, uh, especially for development. But as you work your way up toward where we see a lot of larger, larger acreage tracks in our area, uh, really mountainous land where you could have 100, 150 acres, but it might, you know, in the most extreme case, only have one build site on it just because of the topography, if it's too rocky, if it's too expensive to grade a road, not feasible to grade a road. So not all land is, is created equal, and that's why we look for the unique attributes to, uh, you know, help sell the cream of the crop to our clients and, uh, you know, get the best deals for, for the buyers we're looking for. I love one of your quotes. It's called Natural Capital. And land, not all properties are created equal, as you're talking about. And the resources have a big impact on the enjoyment of the value. And uh, people, you know, I always love, Colin, I, you hear this, and I'm sure you have too. Uh, land doesn't make any money. Why should I put my money in the land and just let it sit there? It's not going to generate any money. Well, for those of you who uh, feel that way, how about contacting me? And I'm sure Colin's, but I got 68 different ways, and I've actually identified over 200 ways you can make money with land. So uh, poo-hoo on you that don't think you can make money with land. Sure. And there's just pure commercial um, type investment philosophy. So if you're looking at triple net buildings, for instance, uh, you know, triple net warehouse or retail center, um, it's a very different, more passive, um, reliable cash flow model. But land, one, it has to feel right. Uh, just if you're going to invest capital and have it, uh, you know, accrue over time, ideally, you just have to make the right investment. Uh, so, of course, there's passive progress type land uh, where, um, you know, you wait for a water or sewer to, to reach you or uh, zoning to change or, or different ways that uh, value can be created from land without, you know, physically building anything. It's just more the, the zoning and, and what's on paper that makes it more valuable to, for somebody to use. But also with natural capital specifically, uh, there's, you know, older forests just feel different. They're worth more um, if you were to do a timber cruise and, and harvest the timber on it. Um, topography, and so if you have a flatter, more usable topography, it tends to be a higher price breaker than really steep, rocky, uh, mountainous terrain. 
water, fresh water was a big, uh, always has been a big driver in land investment, but especially during COVID, um, during the um, heat of it, when we were getting a lot of phone calls, people were, you know, wanted gated, dented privacy and uh, my own uh, freshwater spring. And, and that was a common chord, more of the, you know, prepper type mentality, but a lot of people in the mainstream, you know, started thinking about those things as well. Um, views, access, there, there's so many different things that come together for the uh, natural capital on the land. Uh, just the overall set and setting that makes some land uh, really special. And, and if it's been, you know, heavily timbered or doesn't have any water or if you're overlooking, um, you know, undesirable uh, property uses below you, there are just different things that, that create that value and create, you know, much less of a um, pristine natural setting. When I was up there, we went to Billmore House and we got to see the, the vineyard. Are there other vineyards up in that area? Is the land conducive to that or is that just the one? There are. Uh, so if you go further south um, in Henderson County, and then there's a few in Polk County and Rutherford County and around the Lake Lure area. Um, so that is, Henderson County is the apple capital of North Carolina. And there's a few uh, great vineyards, St. Paul and uh, Burnt Shirts, another one there. Um, so they're there. Uh, it's not similar to Napa Valley where, you know, they're, they're around every corner, but there are certainly niche vineyards and they're, they're a lot of fun to visit. Yeah. Well, it just didn't, I didn't expect it because I thought of vineyards as California and we're up in the mountains there and it's cooler. And I thought, where are vineyards up here? Are there any? And I was wondering about that because, I mean, it's built more, so it's got to be a built more. Well, they're, they're, they're the largest processor or was of, of, uh, of the grapes. But I think several years ago, they lost about 80% of their vineyards due to the weather and climate. Mm. So, uh, but it, they, it, they are the uh, largest processor. And you'll see right along I-26, uh, right off Brevard Road. Um, it's a big pasture land. They've got cattle in it now, but they used to be a vineyard. One of the big so vineyards. I know yeah. a bit more uh, very recognizable name and brand, and, uh, you know, it's a lot of people from all over the world that visited there. So they just capitalize on that and uh, have their own um, wine blends, but they're, they're grown in, in different areas primarily. Okay. okay. Let me ask you a question, and this is important. Mm-hmm. How is your Ultimate Properties Group different? How, how, how are you different than the typical real estate office? I know you do, you service all real estate needs. We, we have a name, name Land Pro Real Estate, and people say, well, you just do land. Well, that's not true. Actually, in my 30 years, I've actually sold more houses than I have land. But our slogan is, we serve all property needs, all of your real estate needs. Uh, are you guys oriented that way, too? What's different? What makes you unique? Uh, yes. Yeah, so first and foremost, we care. We care a lot about helping our clients succeed. Um, so that first and foremost, um, there's the, um, you know, tangible. Some brokers are more knowledgeable on the market. Uh, you know, some are, are really connected in a specific niche. But if they don't care uh, or if they're slow to, to get back to clients, they, you're not offering the same level of service. So real estate brokerage at its core is a customer service experience. So we care about that experience. We care about communication. We care about actionable data for our clients, and we care about helping them make uh, very significant investments, you know, from a first-time uh, home buyer to, uh, you know, multi-million dollar uh, tract of land or state property or, uh, you know, $5 million commercial warehouse. Uh, whatever it is, we're very um, on the ball in terms of communication and, and how much we care about that transaction. But also I feel we um, study to be more intelligent than the majority of brokers in the uh, market that we work as well. So we're very attuned to market data. 
um, what's happening on a regional landscape, uh, local landscape, national landscape, both you know economically, politically. Uh, how do all these things uh, impact the real estate market and specifically our, our local markets that we work in? So uh, we're very data-driven and analytical, um, and, and that way we can help provide that type of, of guidance to our clients as well. Uh, plus, our, our support staff, uh, got to give a shout-out to Elizabeth Snyder, our uh, office manager, Stephanie Allen, our, our marketing director, uh, Grace Brackett is our, our college intern, uh, Vivian Morgani, she's our transaction processor, and my lovely wife, uh, Jenny O'Berry, who's our creative director. Uh, they really help to make that customer service and the actual you know, transaction part as, as seamless as possible. So uh, we work to work together and uh, you know, create a well-oiled machine to, to really provide uh, excellent customer service experiences to our clients in, in addition to the market knowledge we provide. Wow, you're heavily loaded with um, support. And I think that's what makes you different because most real estate firms, it's just the agents and maybe one secretary or one processor, uh, you know, for a group of people. But it sounds like you guys really got a whole team effort there. And that, that, that to me, would uh, would uh, entice me to think about calling your firm and, and wanting to work with you. Um, by the way, if you're not driving, go to their website, A-L-T-E-M-O-N-T, Altamont, Property, P-R-O-P-E-R-T-Y, Group. Dot com, ultimateproperty.com, and you will find a lot of information about this young man and his organization, which is outstanding. Um, and I'm sure that if anyone's out there that has uh, uh, outdoor equipment uh, that want to be involved in a land-based uh, real estate firm, you might want to give uh, Colin or one of his staff members a call and say, hey, I want to be part of you. So I'm sure you would welcome that. I certainly welcome the conversation. We'd be uh, grateful and excited to have it. All right. Well, our guest today is Colin O'Berry, and he's a managing broker and one of the founding partners of the Ultimate Property Group in Asheville, North Carolina. And uh, this is, uh, we'd like to thank our sponsor, LandHub.com. A few thousands of properties with LandHub.com. Make sure you give them a call or check out the website, landhub.com. So, Colin, uh, your Ultimate Property Group, you guys are also involved in some other ventures uh, that utilizes that wonderful team of yours, uh, the three specific projects, but I'd like to cover all three of them if we can. Where would you like to start? Absolutely. So, Ultimate Property Group, it was how all this was born, kind of my day job, if you will, uh, with it, but we built a great team around and uh, named a lot of them, but others I haven't, Ella Zinberg, uh, Bradley Pace, uh, Katie Rice, uh, they're all just you know top-notch brokers, and, and I'm grateful and excited to, to be able to work with them on a daily basis. But uh, real estate brokerage, if you're looking at the market all the time, uh, just creates different uh, real estate investment opportunities. And one thing we've covered and I'm passionate about is outdoor recreation. Love to uh, make investments uh, close to uh, recreational trailheads, close to natural assets. Um, kind of a bridge of uh, tourism and outdoor recreation, which is a big draw to our area. So we can segue from uh, Ultima Property Group to Pilot Cove. So this is a hospitality development located in Pisgah Forest, North Carolina. It's about five minutes from downtown Brevard, North Carolina. And in 2015, I was helping um, some clients at the time, Lane and Beth Lastinger, and their families relocating from Florida. And um, they were attorneys and, and didn't want to, you know, do that anymore and pulled their kids out of school and traveled the world for 14 months and then landed in Asheville. And we met, became friends, and started looking at a 
property that was for sale for a number of years at the entrance to Pisgah National Forest. Um, Highway 276 is a very um, heavily visited uh, entry point into Pisgah National Forest and just gives access to, you know, hundreds and hundreds of miles of trail and Davidson River for fly fishing, the Blue Ridge Parkway, and uh, just so many natural amenities right there. It's about 45 minutes from Asheville. So uh, long story short, we um, formed a, a group between uh, my, my family and theirs, and our, our property manager, uh, one of my best friends, Phil Neal, uh, joined us as well. And so we're a family-owned and operated uh, business, and we developed uh, essentially a hospitality development. So we have modern uh, cabins that feel like tree houses that interact with the uh, forest, but we're directly at the entrance to Pisgah National Forest as well. So ride in, ride out for mountain biking. Uh, it's the closest you can stay um, without actually camping or uh, staying in an RV in, in the National Forest. Um, we looked at this uh, project and uh, just tried to work backwards from the type of tourists that were coming to Brevard and, and Fiskin National Forest already and tried to purpose design a project that would, uh, you know, attract them and uh, really um, hit home with a lot of the things they were looking for. So all of these are really modern. They're deck houses in the design, and they're built on um, permanent foundations that can leave or over the slope. But we work to limit the uh, disturbance as much as possible to bring, you know, hardwood trees, uh, really solid hardwood trees, really close to the um, back of the cabins as well. So they really feel like a treehouse when you're inside. And, and they have high-end, uh, you know, finishes inside, full kitchen, a really comfortable uh, living room in the one- and two-bedrooms, um, really comfortable beds, uh, microfiber linens, uh, mud room uh, with uh, laundry and, uh, you know, nice showers and, and private uses as well. Uh, in, in the space, parking right outside. Um, so it's by um, location, just really convenient for folks who are coming to Pisgah National Forest. And then by design, we tried to make it as uh, luxurious and, and homey as we possibly could to accommodate these travelers. This was 2015. We closed on the property and uh, did construction late 2015. We started. And then April 8, 2017, we opened with 10 cabins. And it's been off to the races from there. So we're not affiliated with, you know, Marriott or Hyatt or, or any brands. Uh, so we built our in-house marketing machine, essentially. And uh, we've been uh, doing really well since then. It's, it's grown organically every year. And now we're at 20 cabins, and we have approvals for a 72-unit campground and RV park as well we obtained uh, late last year uh, that we're looking into, you know, options for, for developing that aspect of the project. We've got 142 acres total uh, right at the entrance of Pisgah National Forest, road frontage on Highway 276 and Highway 280 uh, for, for different ingress and egress options as well. So it's a long-term project that has, uh, yeah, taken on a life of its own, uh, still, still family-owned and operated, and it's, it's been performing well for us. We're really excited to, to have it. Perfect. So if you're interested in this particular project, Colin, they go to what, www.pilotcove.com, P-I-L-O-T-C-O-V-E.com. Is that correct? That's correct. So pilotcove.com, and we've got 3D tours of all the cabins, uh, booking availability calendars. Uh, one of our goals for our website there is to be the ultimate guide for visiting uh, Pisgah National Forest in Brevard and, and all the uh, you know great activities to do around there. So we've got lots of uh, guides, uh, uh, visitors' guides, waterfall guides, swimming holes, hikes, mountain bike rides, um, downtown Brevard guide. Uh, whatever you name it, uh, you should be able to find it on our website. And uh, ideally, you can book a stay at Pilot Cove and uh, come enjoy the beautiful Pisgah National Forest. Teresa, that's where you're going to go on that your next. That sounds great. Instead of the beach. Oh, yeah, I'm getting too old for the beach. Getting, 
<laughs> you need to get up there in the high altitude. Walk them trails. <laughs> I'll have to walk because riding a bicycle is not going to be it. <laughs> they got electric bikes. I've seen those. No, I don't know if they do or not, but you could bring your own. They actually do. I've seen them in Asheville. That's where I was oh, introduced okay. to them at. There you go. They're gaining popularity for sure. <laughs> and um, hard, one of the notable things it's known for, National Geographic named it one of the top ten uh, bike towns in the United States. Is that right? Uh, a lot of people come yeah. there specifically to ride mountain bikes. They have a lot of old Forest Service roads that have just, you know, sure. eroded, become rooty rocky over, over the years. And, uh, of course, they've just turned into a large interconnected network of trails in Pisgah National Forest. So Pisgah is known for um, being gnarly, really rooty, really rocky, long uh, um, climbs up, you know, established Forest Service roads, and then long descents on, um, yeah, it's as tough as you want it to be on on some of those trails out there. Um, And a lot of people come specifically to ride. And then, um, in contrast, there's an area about 15 minutes from Pilot Cove. It's called DuPont State Forest. But it's the old uh, DuPont uh, facility in Transylvania County. It closed down, I believe, 2000, 2001 in that area. It was going to be a, a luxury development, and then it was uh, saved from that and purchased by the state of North Carolina. And they've built about 100 miles of trails throughout that are open to equestrian, hiking, and, and mountain biking use. But by contrast to Pisgah for mountain biking, DuPonts are, are what we call flow trails. They're machine-built. They're really fast and flowy and easier to climb and, uh, and easier to, to descend as well. So they're uh, yeah, a lot more beginner-friendly and uh, just a, a joy to ride as well. So for if you like to mountain bike in Transylvania County, there, there's something for everybody. Sounds like it. Well, let's go from uh, mountain biking and, and running to let's get on the water. It's hot today. I want to cool off. <laughs> Indeed. So USA Raft, um, we, uh, of course, in, in real estate brokerage, uh, do a lot of um, you know, let's say business brokerage uh, in terms of the, the real estate and, and command the business with it as well. And so we were approached um, by the owner of USA Raft about, you know, what, what could my options look like? And uh, over time, uh, we developed a great partnership group with some, some fantastic friends and um Two of my real estate partners, Billy May and Brian Kiefer, are, are partners in USA Wrapped as well. But uh, we had listened to the owner, uh, Matt Moses, fantastic guy, great friend of ours, and kind of put together a group to um, bring additional funding to USA Raft and uh, bring it to the next level, really. And so this started um, during COVID, May, June 2020, and over about 12 to 16 months we put together the plan the team and everything and officially closed later um 2021 um and then shut the property down over uh right right after thanksgiving 2021 and did a major renovation of the uh primarily the septics the electric uh the old property all the buildings retired and uh we didn't know what what said what so you'd go to the uh a meter box and, and turn a fuse off and it would turn something across the property off so there was no rhyme or reason to it and we needed to, to get the bones and the infrastructure where it needed to be to, to support some growth so um, did those utility improvements and we have built out 28 individual lodging units on this beautiful riverside property right off the nolachucky river um, we uh, have a take-in um, and take-out spot for the river rafting activities uh, beautiful bar right on the river as well We've repositioned that property into more of a, um, a family-friendly glamping resort. And so we have uh, shipping container bathrooms, a sauna, another bathhouse, 
Uh, that property is directly off the Appalachian Trail. Literally, it goes right along our property line. So we get a lot of through hikers coming through, um, and it's a outdoor recreation wonderland. That's the best way I can describe it. So literally from the property, you can um, hop on a tube and get on the Nolichucky River or get shuttled um, up the gorge. It's a nine-mile wild and scenic designated uh, upper designation river, and it offers just one of the, the most uh, pristine rafting experiences in the southeastern United States. There's, there's not much that compares to it. So really beautiful, roadless wilderness. Uh, the only thing going through is the train tracks, which offers some good uh, jumping and, and swimming opportunities as well. So USA Raft was historically a rafting outpost, but we've really uh, tried to um, you know reposition the property offerings to attract uh, more uh, hospitality type uses, uh, more families coming to enjoy the property. Uh, of course, our uh, really happy patrons at the Takeout Bar and Grill. It's just an awesome community, um, awesome uh, camaraderie uh, throughout the property and, and our staff. And uh, yeah, it's been a fun project so far. But that's the resort property. It's about five and a half acres right at the um, base of the Nolichucky Gorge. And then during this process, we also acquired a 22-acre property two miles downstream directly off I-26, so it's high visibility from the interstate. We moved all of our rafting operations to that uh, property, so all of our guests park there, and we shuttle from there as well. But it's an old Civil War battlefield, the Battle of Red Banks. You can look it up. And it was one of the only ones fought in this area of East Tennessee. Um, but we now have 72 um, primitive campsites on it, a bathhouse, and uh, we've moved our, our rafting operations, like I mentioned, to that property as well. So between the two, we've really tried to end our offerings and uh, make it as, as fun as possible. So the rafting, that I, I'm sh- I, I went on a rafting event one time, and it was you like did. a guide. What, down the Ararat River? No, actually, it was in the Snake River in Colorado. Oh, it was really cool. The real river. So we had this giant raft that everybody was on. There was a guide that took us down. Is that the way it is, or is it individuals, or how is the rafting up there, or is it optional, different things? So the Kentucky River, um, just a quick background on it, it's uh, born off of both flanks of Mount Mitchell, the tallest point in the eastern U.S., uh, so it's the tank, uh, Cane and the Tow River that form the Nolichucky. And so right at that uh, confluence point, it's in Poplar, North Carolina. It's about 40-minute drive from USA Raft, but that's where you put in. And then you have a, a nine-mile wilderness float down the gorge. And the Nolichucky, like I mentioned, is up for a wild and scenic designation. And uh, you can find the Noli Wild and Scenic website. Please go on there, uh, sign a petition, and uh, let's get this river protected uh, permanently. But uh, through the gorge, it's just it's incredibly beautiful. Um, like I mentioned, no roads and uh, just steep walls, uh, you know, great wildlife populations, great uh, fishing on the river as well. And it's just it really is one of the best rafting experiences in the southeast for, for beauty uh, and up to um, class four rapids that you'll find in there, depending on the water level. Um, so that being said, uh, during the summer, it gets a little bony uh, just because it's not uh, dam uh, released in, in terms of consistent water flow through the river. But that's what makes the Nolichucky so special. It's one of the only standouts for a, a wild, free-flowing Appalachian uh, River. And, and that's why so many people cherish and, and really love to, to visit it. I love rafting. It's one of my favorite things. I didn't um, know that. I do. I love Well, rafting. I know what to get you for your birthday yeah, I now. I love rafting. A river. <laughs> we done that when me and my husband were dating. We, we stayed on the river. We loved it. Oh. I also see here, and you quickly mentioned glamping. And Lou's sitting here going, what is glamping? Tell us about glamping. I know what it is. Actually, Shout is a, the one that wanted to know. A girl in the office just done it. And 
this weekend, actually. She went glamping. Can and guys she came do back. it too? Anybody can glamp. No way. Can she have a glamp? <laughs> so tell us about glamping so everybody will know what we're talking about. Well, we all know camping, um, and glamping is a little more glamorous than camping. So more often than not, it's, uh, you know, you don't have running water uh, in the unit, uh, maybe not air conditioned or heated in, in a lot of cases. And it, glamping can take so many different forms. So uh, glamping could be a safari tent, could be uh, airstream, could be, you know, an off-grid little cabin. Um, it, it's a hybrid between camping and, uh, you know, obviously more glamorous accommodations like you'll find in a hotel room and, and whatnot. So in ours specifically, we have geodesic domes. Uh, we bought from Pacific Domes, Buck very Minister provider in the uh, Pacific Northwest. Uh, but geodesic domes directly on the river. We have a tiny house. We have uh, what we call lofties. They're uh, real small, about 200 square foot footprints with lofted beds, and uh, some have full showers, some don't. Uh, we have uh, bungalows uh, that sleep up to four people and, uh, you know, little water stations. And the point is that we don't have bathrooms in every single one. We have communal bathrooms and the communal sauna, the communal bar areas, things like that. So um, you're staying in your own individual unit, um, but it's uh, not as developed as a hotel room would be because you're still walking to amenities, central amenities like a campground. But when you get into these things, the beds are super comfortable. Um, and we've got, you know, equivalent to Tempur-Pedic uh, mattresses and, again, microfiber linens and uh, really well uh, outfitted and appointed rooms, really well decorated. So we tried to create a um, as luxurious of a property as possible, but doing it on our septic and, and uh, well limitations that we have on the property uh, just because we can't connect everything to plumbing. So the experience there is just it's beautiful. One of the, uh, uh, I guess, premier uh, rafting outposts in the southeastern United States, the view from the property up the gorge is awesome. We just want to pull people there and, and really showcase the beauty of the location and, and the setting. Well, I know where I'm coming soon because we have, I've been trying to get my husband to do this, and he's retiring in January. Oh. And I told him we're going to start doing his, – his idea of retiring is going to be he's not going to work Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So we're going to start doing weekend trips, and Asheville's not that far. No, it's under two hours yeah. the way I drive. Well, I haven't been up there in a while. The last time I went – it sounds like it's, ex- I mean, it was great when I went, but it sounds like there's so Actual's much more Actual's always now. great. Yeah. And it's even greater now that uh, Colin's making these. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is stuff I did, had no idea what's going on in well, that part of the world. Hey, we got one more. By the way, go back to the website uh, that we just talked about, the rafting, USA, USA Raft, R-A-F-T dot com, if you're not driving. And now we got another one that uh, I'm real excited uh, for you. Uh, you've got You've got an airstrip you guys have been just acquired uh, last summer. Tell us about that and where it is and what your plans are. Absolutely. So another example of real estate brokerage leading to, um, you know, a deal or a project or an investment or whatever it would be. So Billy May, my colleague, um, was working with the seller of this property, and it's 104 acres literally directly above downtown Bryson City. So for, for those who don't know Bryson City, charming small town right on the Tuckasegee River uh, where it forms Lake Fontana. It's the gateway, North Carolina gateway, to the Smoky Mountains National Park. And so Highway 441 runs nearby, goes um, you know through Cherokee, and then uh, up and over into Gatlinburg, Tennessee. But uh, Bryson City has really um, emerged as an outdoor recreation hotspot in, in the southeastern U.S. Uh, so we had this property listed, my colleague Billy May did, 
And one of the challenges with, with the sale, it was hooked up to city water and sewer, but the town of Bryson City sewer system was completely tapped out. Development moratorium, they can't process anymore in the wastewater plant. Um, and it wasn't uh, going to be fixed immediately. And so uh, we worked with the seller to essentially put a group together, and we purchased the property as a long-term land hold. Um, so it's 104 acres. Um, downtown Bryson City is uh, directly across the Tuckasegee River. So if you go to the end of the airstrip, uh, you're overlooking the, the downtown and, uh, you know, looking uh, north and, and east uh, toward the Great Smoky Mountains National Park, just a, a beautiful property. But it was an old Ford dealership. Uh, Mr. Sossaman uh, owned it, and he it was the equivalent to mountaintop removal at this time. Removed one and a half million cubic yards of dirt in the 60s to grade an airstrip on what was a mountain knoll. And so it's a 2,200 and some change foot long airstrip uh, can accommodate uh, uh, smaller prop planes, not, not really larger Gulf streams and things like that. But it, uh, it you know, fell into disrepair over the years. It was owned by uh, Mr. Sossman's daughter. And, um, yeah, we had purchased it, and we're waiting for sewer to get upgraded and just we're waiting to, you know, determine what the project uh, or the property needs to be. could be multiple projects. could be one. Um, could be an aviation use, could not. Uh, there's just so many different ways to go with it, and uh, we're excited to, uh, yeah, have this really unique property and work with the town of Bryson City, Swain County, uh, just to, you know, postulate what this thing can be over time and, and really help to serve the needs of the community as best we can. Is that next to, what is it, is it Nanahala? Is that what it's called? That's further west, it, I think. Is it further up the road? I think so. Nanahala Gorge Center for the Nanahala Gorge? Yeah, Nanahala, yeah. The gorge. It's nearby. Um, okay. you're, you're not far, probably 30, 45 minutes from the Nanahala Outdoor Center. Uh, that's very similar to what we have at USA Raft. Uh, their, their property is directly on the Appalachian Trail. They have a you know, rafting, kayaking outpost. Uh, there and outfitters and things like that. So we are very similar in our operations, yeah. very different. Uh, Nanahala Outdoor Center is uh, I think 50 years old, and USA Raft was uh, 1972, so we're right at the same age as well. It's just very different vibes and, and very different feel to the property. Uh, but, yeah, um, Nanahala Outdoor Center is just a, a longstanding and, and uh, gold standard uh, for outdoor recreation and, and what they've done to, to promote uh, you know time well spent outdoors. Yeah, I was just wondering if it was, you know, anything like that, because I was familiar with, with Nanahala. But I've never been to Bryson City, and the only thing that I knew of in Bryson City was uh, one of my friends went up there and done some mining one time. <laughs> yeah, they found that big emerald. That's huh? been a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> or was it Gem mining. It was an emerald chip, <laughs> a flake of emerald. Probably. So we got about five minutes left in the show, Colin. Uh, what else you want to tell us about? Pump us up. Um, I love, um, I'm very passionate about Western North Carolina. There's so many different communities uh, that, that we uh, serve, and I love going to um, spend time in as well. So we do uh, a lot of personal investing, a lot of multifamily properties, uh, aside from that, uh, mobile home parks. And uh, it's, it's a really great, uh, you know, area for, for investment. So we, we help a lot of folks uh, find those, those types of things as well. But uh, just the towns uh, that you come across, we've got investments in Preferred, uh, Waynesville. Waynesville's an awesome town, really emerging. Always has been, Coming yeah. into its own personality, as you will, over, yep. over time. Uh, Hendersonville, uh, Mars Hill, um, Weaverville, Black Mountain. There's just so many cool little spots that have their own uh, vibe to it. And, of course, Asheville, I call it the hub of the region. And, uh, and that's kind of where, where everything, uh, you know, permeates from. Uh, but, yeah, the, the towns are awesome, uh, great people, great uh, local businesses, and uh, just love 
Are there any places? I get this call two or three times a week. Someone will call me. I'm looking for a place to park my camper at that has water and septic. And I'm like, we don't have anything like that around here. Do they have anything like that up there? Because I get that call every week, and I would like to know where to steer those people. Oh, you're looking for some sure. referrals, huh? Uh, you need very limited zoning, if not no zoning for it, and uh, very doable for sure um, on it, but uh, it just has to be the right location. And uh, a lot of people want the, you know, right by the creek right. and, uh, you know, all the utilities set up for me. I can just pull in and have my spot. Right. Uh, but a lot of those people don't have that type of budget, I find, uh, for, you know, the RV type thing. Uh, so it just depends on what they're looking for and, and, you know, back to each land being different, having its own vibe and personality. It just has to feel right for that individual buyer. But specifically for the nuts and bolts, uh, you know, you got to get electricity to it, got a great antiseptic, uh, and that would be just the traditional septic approval as well. Um, and if you have no zoning, then you can park what is um, construed or viewed by the county that you're in, municipality that you're in, to be a travel trailer. Essentially, it's on wheels tiny house on wheels we see in RV, they're, they're looks the same from the zoning standpoint. So from a zoning standpoint, it just has to be approvable um, by the county or municipality to, to be able to park and, and live in an RV long term. That being said, a lot of people, you know, nudge, nudge, just, uh, you know, park their RV and, and don't say anything and, and put it in. So it's up to the buyer in that case. I'm not condoning it by right. any means, right. but uh, it just depends on the municipality that you're at, what their rules and regulations are, and uh, how um, on the ball they are with enforcement. Right. Well, in our area, you know, you can have a camper, but you have to put it in a campground. Right. You can't go buy a piece of land that you own, title to you, and bring a camper and put on it. So uh, that's that's what she's referring to. Right. Well, I mean, yep. there are people that have called me that only want to, they want to stay home and have somewhere to go to when they take their camper, but then carry their camper back home. But they want they, they want a place that's theirs. Theirs, yeah. Well, they got to cross the North Carolina-Virginia line because you can go up in Virginia and do what you want to do. That's where I send them. Give me the referral. (laughs) I didn't didn't know. (laughs) So, Colin, tell us. What's left? What's left? No. What's left? I tell you, my head's spinning here, (laughs) trying to absorb all this. Just go to this website, uh, A-L-T-E-M-O-N-T, Property Group, Altima, Altima. Mont, sorry, propertygroup.com, and um, he's, it's, it's just full of stuff. And then he's got his uh, usaraft.com, uh, uh, and then he's also got his uh, Pilot Cove, pilotcove.com, or the three sites you can go to. And then about your airstrip, there was an article that I found that was written about the uh, purchase in, uh, in the Smoky Mountain News.com. Uh, so... Um, in the archives, you can go and bone up on that too. But if you're going to the Asheville market, uh, you may want to get in touch with Collins and uh, his staff and his uh, agents. And if you're uh, uh, interested in being a, a land broker or with a very dynamic real estate firm uh, in that area, uh, give him a call too. I'm sure he'd love to uh, interview you and see what your, what your background is and how you can uh, add to the organization. Teresa, what do you got? Well, I'm going to raft up there now. I'm you are? I'm going to do that for sure. Where are you going yeah. to stay? Well, I'm going to stay at USA Rafting. You are? Mm-hmm. And what kind of little... And I might go check out the Pilot Cove, too. I mean, 
I need to go back to to Asheville because it's been a while. Need, it's been years actually, and I need to go back. Uh-oh. I didn't realize there was so much going on. Come on up any time, and uh, hey, that's a great vacation in my book. A few days at each, uh, you'll uh, experience a lot of different things and uh, stay at some some great properties and some really comfortable accommodations. We'd love to have you. Well, I know the last time I came, I told my husband, I said, "We're going up there." He said, well, where are we going to stay? I said, well, I don't know. We're just going to hit the road, and wherever we land is where we're going to be, and then we're going to just keep going, and we're going to visit everything and go everywhere. And he was flipping out the whole time because he likes a destination. I just wanted to Aggra- ride around. Aggravating. I just wanted to ride around. And we went to Linville. We went, we went all around up there. It was really nice. But now we got some new places. we got some new places to check out. Absolutely. Well, we yeah, keep in love to have you. So, Colin, it's been a great guest. It's so much uh, not only meeting you in person at our uh, Land U uh, extravaganza back a couple of weeks ago, but uh, now interviewing you on the show, uh, getting to know you better. And I tell you what, I'm so impressed with uh, uh, you're our 180th guest, and you've had an incredible show here. Um, Colin O'Berry, how did they get in touch with you, sir? Uh, AltamontPropertyGroup.com. Um, you'll find uh, phone number, contact info there for uh, myself and all my uh, fantastic colleagues. Um, and then uh, PilotCove.com, USARAP.com. You can uh, get in touch with our, our staff there. And got to give a shout out to our staff at, at each one as well too. It wouldn't be possible to you know operate these things with without them. And we're so grateful for for them and, and the work they do for us and uh, really promote uh, yeah the beauty of the places that we've invested in. And uh, we really love sharing that with the travelers when they come and uh, and show them the best experience possible. Well, that meet that that uh, beats our massage chair in our office. We've got. A- <laughs> massage chair that does seven different types of massages. So uh, if you need to feel good, come see us, and and we'll talk about what to listen to while you're getting a massage. Thank you for joining us today. Let us know how you like the show. If you have any questions or topics you'd like to suggest, we would appreciate them. All of our questions are welcome, and all of our guests may be emailed with your questions as well. This show is for the public, but most importantly for real estate agents who do not have a source of land education. All of our shows are downloaded after the show this morning on our master website, www.letstalkland.net.net. You'll also find us on Spotify and Podbean. Teresa, how do they get in touch with you? They can call me at 336-209-2937 or email me at teresa.mylandpro at gmail.com. My email is lou, L-O-U, at mylandpro.com. My cell phone number is 336-669-1405-1405. Rodney, how do they get in touch with us here at the station? Well, Lou, they can go to our website. Go to WKTE1090.com, and also they can download the Simple Radio app. Um, Teresa, it's your cue. It's very simple. Yes. <laughs> that was a cue? That was, that was pretty simple that cue. Was, yeah. That was very sad. Yeah, it was. You want to try it again? And you can download the Simple Radio app. What? Gosh. Okay. Never Let's right. go on. Yeah. Yeah. She's having a blonde moment. No, it's a great And hear what kind of music? Happy music. Okay. She that. finally got one. Shadow. Yeah. Shadow woke up on that one. Oh, mm. goodness. And why do we play happy music? Because we want everybody happy. So now you can go up to Asheville. And you can download the Simple Radio app, 
and you could rent one of uh, Colin's uh, buildings up there, and you can be happy and share your experience. Sounds good to me. And while he's out to west, he can download the Simple yeah, Radio app. right there in Wyoming. Yeah. So uh, anywhere in the universe, right? That's right. Okay. And then uh, we got our website. Yes, WKTE1090.com. Okay, and that's, got, that's full of a lot of good stuff. Yes, all of our uh, programming that we have on here. And we won some nice awards. Yes, yeah, seven years in a row being the top radio station on the East Coast. The whole East Coast? The whole East Coast. Wow, did they really draw lines? Mm. Any? They did somewhere. They did This somewhere. side of the Mississippi. Uh, okay. Yeah, okay. And you won a nice award. Yes, uh, for being uh, announcer of the year award. Well, the Reader's, why. Reader's Digest. Mm. All right. Thank you for joining us today. We'll see you next week. That's all. That's all.